My name is Robert Morrison, and this is the Things That Matter To Me podcast. This is episode four? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, episode four. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, I lost count. Um, so I am here again all by myself. Um, looking forward to talking with you about um, episode four here. Um, and we're going to just keep the, the music conversation going. However, I wanted to sort of swing it in a slightly different direction um, than I'd been going before uh, because it, you know, just to keep everybody on their toes and <laughs> keep them on top of things uh, as far as what is going on. So I wanted to talk today about um, a few records, um, five in fact so far, that have come out in 2019 that have been things that I've really, that have really uh, caught my ear, if you will, things that I've really paid attention to, things that have uh, that have gotten me excited, that have been the kind of things that have um, got me going uh, to come back to them over and over and over again. Um, or actually, uh, I think I mentioned this before, but I wrote a, a blog post a couple of weeks ago, um, about music and, and about the sort of overwhelming amount of it that is available to me, uh, these days, like with an Apple, with my Apple music subscription and through YouTube and things like Spotify and that sort of thing. And I can just, I can get basically whatever I want whenever I want it for the most part. Um, and then I have a fairly sizable record collection, which is something we'll get to, at a later time, um, but it's it's constantly around, and I think the thing that I've noticed is that I sort of take for granted the, that that I can listen to it whenever I want, um, and so I've been kind of trying to stay on a on a path this year where I don't listen to nearly as much as I do, um, as I haven't been doing in years past, I should say, and try to focus on finding really high quality things rather than um, rather than trying to to fit as much as I possibly can because I'd rather to listen to to more of the good stuff and sort of less quantity, I guess. Um, so more quality over quantity, I guess, is the kind of argument here. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to just uh, talk a little bit about five records um, in particular that have come out so far this year. Obviously, this is May, um, so it's been, you know, about four, five and a half months in. Sort of what are the things that we've, uh, what are the things that have uh, kind of caught my ear and that I've been paying attention to. Um, so we'll start first and foremost, and um, this is going to be, um, a little bit of an interesting group of things, uh, and hopefully this is not too, uh, too far reaching for anybody. Um, so the first record that, um, was, that caught my ear was also like the second thing that I listened to this year, which is, uh, Page of the Lions, Phoenix. If you know anything about Page of the Lion, you know that they were a band um, for many years in the sort of early 2000s. Um, they were uh, led basically by Dave Bazan, who um, was the lead singer and lyricist and guitar player and sometimes bass player, if I understand it, um, with a kind of round, a bunch of different musicians filling in on drums and other positions uh, throughout the time. But they released several records. Um, and then... A um, bunch of years ago, I don't remember exactly the date, but Bazan said he was going to retire the Pedro um, moniker and start releasing only under his own name. Um, and he's done a couple of other, he's done several projects that way. He was in another band, which I'll talk about more later, um, a couple of years ago, which was kind of a side project thing. But then he announced last year that he was going to be bringing back um, Pedro. He did some shows at the end of 2018 and then released this record in uh, January of this year. And 
So it was, you know, like I said, like the second thing I listened to this year, and it was very exciting to hear uh, this sort of Page of the Lion sound, even though he'd been releasing records throughout this, throughout the interim time um, under his own name and other things. There's just something very specific about the sort of uh, lo-fi uh, rock of Page of the Lion, and I think it's very important to 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 his sound overall, even though obviously his voice is the same, and so the, for the other things that he's done, his voice is always there, and it's integral part of this thing, but there's something about this specific sort of uh, garage rock lo-fi type of thing um, that is very Page of the Lion. Now, a couple of uh, quick notes about this album, Phoenix, in particular. Um, at first, I was kind of surprised by the direction that the lyrics took. Um, I, I follow Bazan on, on Twitter, and he's very sort of politically outspoken, if you will, or at least socially politically outspoken about the things that he that he thinks and believes about what's going on in, in the world. And so I was sort of expecting uh, with this record for something that was very politically charged, something that he was very much like, uh, I'm very angry about what's going on in the world around me, and um, and I'm going to write about it. Well, what we got instead was this sort of nostalgic record about his growing up um, in Phoenix, Arizona, his hometown. Um, and I thought that was a very interesting uh, choice, but the more that I've thought about it throughout the first couple of months of this year, uh, the more that I realize it actually makes a lot of sense. Um, if you're angry about the way things currently are, uh, it, it, it seems normal to me to for the solution to be, oh, well, I'm just going to respond by um, by looking back at the at the past and saying, okay, well, how was the past um, uh, working out and what kinds of things um, were going on then? What what was my childhood driven by? And that's a lot of what's going on in this record, and I think it's it works in that way. So it's frustration about the current way of the world and expressing that by looking at sort of who he was as, as a kid and that sort of thing. Um, the, the musicality definitely sounds like a Pedro record, um, like uh, now I'm like Control or It's Hard to Find a Friend records like this. Um, it fits right kind of in that vein. As I said, he's been doing other things within that time, but, it, but the sound of it has been different. And this is definitely um, right more in line with some of his older records. Um, the production is better. I think that just might be a sign of it's 2019 and not 2003 or four or whenever the last uh, Page of the Lion album came out. So things have changed. It's easier to make a better sounding record without having to spend as much money on it. And so I think that sort of shows here. But other than that, it kind of holds to uh, holds up in that regard. Um, and then the last thing I'll say on this one is that um, the, the lyrical allusions here are pretty cool. There's a record, a song in the album called Circle K, which I think is great. And it's just basically about how he had some money, um, as a kid and he wanted to save it up, uh, for something big, um, skateboard or something. I don't remember. And he, but he got the money and he immediately went down to Circle K and spent it on snacks and stuff. And so it's all gone. I think this is just a cool little, um, song about, you know, impulse control, but also about like what kids are, are capable of thinking of in the long term. And that, you know, we'd like to think, oh, well, you know, if we give this, give some kids some money, oh, they'll, they'll figure it out, but they don't always do that. So that is Page of the Lions, Phoenix. Um, and so that is the first album on the list. The second, and these are in chronological order, by the way, of the year that they were at the time that they were released. So don't think anything in, any further into that. Um, the second is uh, Copeland's Blushing. Every time you see her now, you drift off. You drift off. You drift off. You drift off. All at once you're overcome, you get lost. 
Flushing is a very interesting record in that it is um, it is very much a an interesting combination of a lot of the work of Copeland up until now. Um, we talked a little bit um, with Tony last time out about how he saw uh, Copeland in his in his hometown near Lakeland, Florida, and how they've evolved. And when the first time I saw them was long, long ago. It's like 2002 or 2003. Uh, sometime it was first my first year of college, and um, they were a kind of indie rock, sort of stereotypical emo rock band for for that time period. Um, you know, all guitars and drum and bass kind of thing. But um, it was always very clear that Aaron Marsh, the lead singer's voice, was very different um, for the scene that he was he was working in. And so over time, between their first album, Beneath Medicine Tree, and um, into... Uh, my mind just drew, drew a complete blank. Uh, and through their other records, uh, we'll just say that. Um, and they kind of built into a different sound throughout the years. Um I think one of the first ones that, that really started to, to change a little bit was Eat, Sleep, Repeat, um, and then into You Are My Sunshine, which was their fourth record, um, and that was and their first for uh, Tooth and Nail Records, and they released that, and it was this completely different thing. Um, and to me, uh, Blushing is a is a combination, like I said, a lot of, of a lot of their work, but mostly of You Are My Sunshine and the sort of more electronic piano driven stuff that they were doing started doing there and Exora which was their um album that was released uh again to announce their um their return from hiatus so we're getting you're seeing a a trend here um so far and so yeah so that we have that little bit of that going on and those the blending of those two um there's still some some guitar rock elements to these although um I think they play out a little bit more in the live setting um for these songs than they do on the record but there is a sort of dreamy um, electronic soundscapey type of thing going on here and I think it it really works very well um, another interesting thing about this record is the narrative songwriting structure um, and it has this sort of contradictory feel to it it's it's very familiar sounding in that it in that a lot of the ideas are um, straight uh, forward and to the point about love and about hurt and about pain and about all these sorts of things um, but there's an abstraction to them. Um, some of it is storytelling. Some of it is, um, most of, most of it is, as, as I understand, is not even sort of direct into the point about what's actually going on. Um, so I think that's a very cool kind of thing. It feels intimate no matter who you are, but it doesn't necessarily reveal sort of intimates of intimate feelings or emotions specifically about what Aaron or, um, anybody in his life might be feeling. Um, next thing about this is it feels very cohesive as an album, which is a pretty rare thing in 2019. I think we're very um, singles driven in, in this day and age. Um, I will say that's probably true of all of these albums. I'm, I'm still a big album guy, and I think um, all the records that I'm talking about here, they, they pay attention to an overall sound and overall feel of the record. And I think um, that uh, is one thing that Copeland does really well here, um, especially. Uh, the songs, as I mentioned, uh, have a different feel in the live setting, but they do hold up um, quite well. It was nice. Um, I got to see them here in uh, Charlotte not long after the al album came out, maybe three or four days after it came out, I think, maybe the same weekend. Um, and it was really cool to see the band go, oh, man, these people are, have already basically spent all weekend with this song or with these songs, and they already know them. And it was really cool to see that sort of opportunity to, to, to have them sort of light up and, and be like, oh, well, that's really interesting. Um, and then the last thing is that it feels very refreshing. There are some 
uh, pop elements to this, the sort of electronic um, elements, and but it's also pretty moody and pretty uh, dark and forlorn in a lot of places, um, even though I think overall you might say that there's a sort of opportunistic, not maybe not opportunistic, but it's, it, there, it, it is a happier album <laughs> than some Copeland records, but it's still pretty moody and still pretty um, in that area. Um, but the album overall is, uh, it combines these elements in, in, in a way that I'm not sure that, that Copeland has done uh, previous to that. So the third record that I'm going to talk about today is American Football um, and their third self-titled record, or what they refer to as LP3. Now, musically, this follows closely on the heels of their second LP, um, which came out um, a couple of years ago, um, and it was in the same in the same way to Exora um, with Copeland, their sort of follow up or their sort of "Hey, we're back" kind of record. Um, they the the story of American football is very interesting. A bunch of years ago, they were a band. They put out one record um, and then played some shows and then sort of disappeared. Um, and they were, you know, they were teenagers or early kids in their early 20s. And they said, OK, well, we're just doing this. They put it out and it kind of became this cult following type of thing. Well, again, similar to like the Page of the Lion thing. They disappeared. They came back. They would do some shows here and there. And then they announced they were going to release an album. And now they're kind of a full-fledged band again. Um, as a kind of a side note, it is very interesting um, because all three of these bands so far have sort of done this. We were young and in bands and we found that we couldn't do it. And then we sort of came back together in a, in a new age of the internet where we're now able to <laughs> sort of do music differently. And so all three of these bands are still touring and still able to do this, but they do it in their own way. They don't have to spend 300 days a year out on the road anymore to make a, to make a living doing this. But, and that, so I think that's kind of cool that American football has gotten that opportunity. Um, but while the, but anyway, while the lyrics, while the music, sorry, of this album are very close, um, is very close to the, to the LP two, as it were, um, the lyrics to me feel more intimate, um, even more so than their first two albums. The first album is pretty intimate and pretty, um, hard on the sleeve type stuff, but it also feels very young. It's very 20 year old, hard on the sleeve kid that we've all, you know, we've all been there kind of thing. Um, and but in much the same way, like the Copeland record, they don't be, they don't sort of deal with a lot of details. Um, there's specific again, but without being specific about who they're being specific about, if that makes sense. So they feel very real, they feel very intimate, but they don't feel um, as if they're telling me anything specifically about this person necessarily, um, which I think makes them work. Um, next thing is that the guest vocalists add to the songs they appear on. Um, my favorite is um, a fantastic performance. Um, from Paramore's Haley Williams on Uncomfortably Numb, um, which just kind of sticks in your head. And um, she has the most to do on any of the three records or any of the three songs that there are guest vocalists on. And I think it's very cool, um, the part that she adds. It's almost a sort of back and forth um, duet type of thing. Um, but I think overall, all three of those sections um, really add to um, their uh, respective songs. Um uh, next thing is that the second LP, which I mentioned before, felt like a band who hadn't done this in a long time. 
there is, um, in spite of the sort of cult classic of their original album, it's pretty lo-fi. It's pretty home recording for 2001, I think, 2000, 2001, something of that name, uh, that time frame. So it sounds like a bunch of kids putting an album together. It's It holds up. It's good. Um, it's pretty easy to listen to. But the first, the second uh, LP, um, this sort of return to the scene uh, for the band type of thing, feels a little bit like they hadn't done it in a long time. Now, several of them um, had still... Um, we're still part of and making music throughout this time. Mike Kinsella, the uh, the lead singer, was in a band is in a band called Owen, and he does he's been releasing music in the interim for a long, long time. But this particular group of, of four or five guys, um, I'm not sure, um, offhand, haven't really hadn't really put music together um, in that time frame. The just the, the group of them. Um, and so I think it was really important um, that they not just say, oh, we made this one album and now everybody can be quiet. <laughs> they kind of took the opportunity and said, you know what, I'm, we're going to make the second album. And the second album musically feels more, co- more cohesive and more, more coherent. It feels more on purpose. It feels more thought out. It feels more lived in, if that makes any sense. Um, and then the last thing about this one um, is that I don't know if they were going for pop album at all here but there are definitely some pop earworms on this record um, throughout some sort of melodies and some uh, lines and guitar uh, riffs and stuff that that just kind of stick in my brain and um, they are the things that keep me coming back to this over and over and over again all right the next record is king's kaleidoscope zeal i've been dying in the silence i've been crying dirty diamonds it's too late So as the title suggests, this album is about finding zeal and passion, um, specifically in the case of the band members in King's Kaleidoscope for God. Um, I've listened to um, Chad Gardner, who's the lead singer and sort of main songwriter and sort of sort of mastermind of this whole thing, uh, talk about how he has um, lived through a lot of situations in the last several years. They were a part of Mars Hill's church, March Hill Church with uh, Mark Driscoll. Um, and just sort of the, the sort of disillusionment that he felt when that whole bro- the whole thing broke up and what happened with that and their response to it over the last couple of years in the interim time. Um, but he said this record was is really about, you know what, uh, none of that matters necessarily so much as our relationship, as much as our relationship between us and, and God. And so that is kind of their big thing. Um, and it's and it's kind of an overwhelming thought i mean it is an overwhelming thought but it's 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 quite a quite one to take on in fact there's a there's a a voicemail track on this album where a friend of his is like how in the world can you take on this 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 topic this is not like a normal topic for an album but he's right and it's but it is uh, kind of an interesting thought um musically this album feels a little bit more rock um to me than their last couple have there's but there is still the sort of melding of different uh genres going on here um, there's the electronic music elements, there's hip hop, there's other various other styles that kind of work their way into the music. It's really quite stunning. Um, if you think about it, just if you listen to it and you, you consider all the ways that, um, all the different sort of things that he's, um, working into this time, into these time frames, into these songs and how they all work together, 
It's quite amazing. Um, I'm really drawn to the honesty of the album's lyrics and the overall focus. Um, it kind of leaves you going, uh, like, I'm overwhelmed by the fact that this is true, that what he's saying is accurate, that the fact that we need more, um, or I need more of this sort of reliance on, on God in my life and that sort of thing. And, and it's um, interesting, again, having to listen to, to Chad talk about it and then having seen them play a lot of these songs live uh, recently um, with a friend of mine. Um, this is real for them. This is sort of the way that they want to live their lives. And maybe they're not always doing so, but um, this is the way they want it. Um, and the last thing on this is, it's a little bit of a long record. It's not as long as their last record, but it's a little bit of a long record. Um, but the fact that it is dynamic and never boring is what kind of keeps it here towards the top. All right, the last that we're going to focus on before I mention some honorable mention things here is uh, Starfire 59's Young in My Head. We hardly ever talk, there's so much junk between us now. Now, I've never been a big Starflyer listener previously. I've listened to some of his stuff here and there, um, and I listen to his brother, um, Jason Martin's brother, uh, Ronnie Martin, talk all the time on the Happy Rant podcast, um, so shout out to those guys. Um, but I was really surprised by how much I like this. Um, it feels very immediate. It feels very direct. It feels very pure and straight and to the point. Um, and there's a sort of garage rock feel to this that I like a lot. Um, it kind of brings me back to the sort of Page of the Lion thing that I was talking about at the beginning. Um, this is not terribly surprising. Jason Martin of Starflyer 59 was actually part of that side project band that I was talking about earlier um, that uh, Dave Bazan was in. Um, it was a band called Low Tom. They put out the, a self-titled record in 2017. It has a very similar feel to this. Um, it was, it, it To me, it was kind of the thing that in my head kind of made Dave Bazan go, oh, I miss Page of the Lion. Um, and it kind of presented uh, Jason Martin with, with this kind of feel to it. Now, again, I don't know if this is a rare sound for him or what, because I haven't listened to a bunch of his stuff. I've listened to a couple of his other records. Um, but it really, um, it, it's, it's, it's really good. It's very interesting, and it's never kind of dull. He's a very interesting vocal delivery um, that's kind of... Page of the Lion-esque, but it's a little lower, a little gruffer, but it, and it, it's it's very interesting. Um, and I think the last thing about this record that I'll say, because um, like I said, I haven't spent a lot of time with, with Starflyer stuff leading up to this, but what it makes me want to do is go back and listen to more things from him. Um, I think I have his slow, uh, his record slow on, on vinyl, and I've listened to that a few times, but there's some older stuff. He's been around for a long time, 20-something years, um, and so I definitely want to go back in and, and grab... Um, uh, more opportunities to listen to what he's been doing and kind of see, because it's very interesting to me when a band has been around for this long or when a musician has been around for this long, to kind of see where do they start, where have they come from, and kind of what's in between in the middle. All right, so a couple of other uh, honorable mentions that didn't make the list, list here for various reasons. Um, first, we have Switchfoot's Native Tongue. <laughs> record that I like, um, but unfortunately, as has been the case with, with Switchfoot off and on throughout the last couple of years, is I feel like they get a little bit too excited. And by that, I mean they release albums and they 
and they're very long, like usually, you know, in the 12 to th- like 13, 14, 15, sometimes 16 songs on them, which is cool. Um, but sometimes not all those songs hit. And I think that's the case with this one a little bit. Um, now, I must say that a lot of the songs are really great live and they continue to be a great live band. So if you have an opportunity to see them, please do. Um, I also have some other records that I haven't just I just haven't gotten a chance to dig into enough, but I've really liked them when I've heard them. Uh, like Downhalls, Before You Fall Asleep. I'm eating fast food frantically outside of therapy. Six minutes late, really six years late now. As I try to figure out exactly what it means to be a better brother, son, and friend. Mess, learning how to talk. And then Mike Maines and the Branches, When We Were In Love. Now this is a band that, this last band is a band that I've listened to for several years. Um, over the last couple of, of years, and I've really liked them and, and their records, and I've seen them live a couple of times, and they're really fun. Um, I don't want you to hear that I don't like this new album. It's just that, again, it's only been out a couple of weeks. I just haven't gotten a chance to dig into it as much, um, and it hasn't really worked its way into the major rotation quite yet. Next is Citizens, which is a band formerly known as Citizens, but also formerly called Citizens and Saints. They're also out of that Mars Hill group that uh, King's Kaleidoscope is out, and they have a new record called Fear. as well is still new and growing on me but I, I really like it it feels a little bit more again more cohesive and coherent um, and more direct than their last couple of albums um, which have been a little bit more all over the place than I'd like to admit uh, next we have Snowbones, uh, Begin to Begin which is just an EP single three songs one of these nights I'll get everything straight fix this mess that I've made Someday. Um, it's a new project from Aaron Sprinkle. I listened to it once. I really like it. I'm drawing attention to it here because mostly I want to remember that it, that it exists, but I'm also looking forward to seeing what else comes of it. And if you like Aaron Sprinkle's sort of um, interesting vocal delivery, you may like this. Kind of has a more electronic feel than um, his band Fair, if you might have if you've heard of them, which they're fantastic. If you've not uh, looked them up, um, their two albums are great. Um, and then the last two that I want to point out here are also basically brand new albums that I just haven't had time to, to dig into yet. Um, the first is Emery's Dead End EP. I found my fear in the ashes of this town 
really hard and fast in the heels of their Eve album that came out last last year. Um, they've launched this new kind of idea where they want to continue to be making uh, music more frequently throughout the year. So the idea, the idea is that they're going to, they have these sort of, it's kind of a Patreon-like thing uh, for, for people. And so you, you pledge a certain amount of money per month um, and you're kind of in the, the group and you get to be a part of this thing they're calling Emeryland. And which you know, um, and the the idea is they're going to release EPs quarterly, and then every year on May the seventh, they're going which they're calling Emery Day, yeah, um, they're going to release a full album made up of, you know, about twelve of the songs that they release throughout the year. I think it's an interesting idea. It keeps them on their toes, keeps them continuing to write, keeps them in a cycle where they're they have music coming out all the time. I don't know how whether or not it's going to work. We'll see. Um, but the new uh, EP is four songs. It's, it's pretty good. It's uh, kind of in more in the closer to older school. Um, it sounds a little bit more like uh, um, You Were Never Alone kind of era uh, Emery than more like Eve. But it's it's definitely Emery for sure. And then the last thing is uh, Get Up Kids Problems. So long. And the reason this is here is because it's only been out like a week at this point as I'm recording. By the time you hear this, it may be a little bit later than that, but it's been about a week. I've only listened to it once. I really liked it. I've been kind of disappointed in recent Get Up Kids records. Um, I think their rules were their last was their last album, but that was a long time ago. Um, at this point, um, and it was it was fine. Uh, this album so far feels like it's going to be a little bit more um, in a better place uh, than their other uh, records so far. So that's it. Um, I think this has been a, a really interesting conversation about all the music. Hopefully. The, um, you have enjoyed listening to it. If you have albums that you've been listening to, uh, please let me know what you're interested in, what's going on, what, why does it matter to you, um, these records. I think that's really important. Um, as always, be sure to check out uh, the Twitter and Instagram pages at TTMTMPod for more information on the podcast or to tell me why these things matter to you. Or you can email it, me at thingsthatmattertomepod at gmail.com. Until then, this has been Robert Morrison, and these things matter. Mm-hmm.